0: I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9. This is our last message in the series, The Blessed Life. I want everyone to say, oh. (laughs) Uh, And in Luke chapter 9, we're going to cover the principle of multiplication. And this is one of my favorite messages in this series. And I want you to think about your finances if God multiplied your finances. Not just added to your finances. And by the way, most of us understand addition when it comes to finances, and most of us understand subtraction (laughs) when it comes to finances. But can you imagine if God multiplied your resources so you could help more people? And all of us want that to happen. Well, there are all these stories in the Bible about multiplication. And this is one that's very famous. It's the five loaves and the two fish, how God multiplied. But I think the principle of multiplication uh, is in this story. And so I think it's very important for us to understand that. All right. Luke chapter 9, look at verse 12. Luke 9, verse 12. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions. For we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, well, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. That word men is important. We'll come back to that. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of fifty. And they did so and made them all sit down. And then he took five loaves, the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and twelve baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Now there's a couple of interesting things. There were twelve disciples and twelve baskets of leftover fragments. In other words, each disciple got a doggy bag to take home. And it says there were five thousand men. Well, this is a Jewish tradition. The way they counted crowds back then was they counted heads of families. And so when they says there were 5,000 men, in essence what it means is there were 5,000 families there. There could have been 15 or 20 or 25,000 people there. And this is a story that we all know. But to me, the best way to bring this story to life is for us to bring it up to modern day. And so I want you to think about... As pretend that you were you are one of the disciples and this is happening right now Okay, or it was happening in Bible times and you're one of the disciples. Okay, so you have this um, You're you're on the Messiah search committee And you have this really good candidate, you know He's walking on water and raising the dead and all and he's, I mean he's, He looks like a pretty good candidate and you have a, a high attendance Sunday um, and I'm going to see how many of you remember this. You have Pack-A-Pew Sunday. You remember that? Pack-A-Pew we used to have. And uh, so you have this great crowd, and you have really good uh, music that day, and um, you have uh, uh, special music. You remember, uh, you know, we, I remember when we started the church, Thomas asked me, um, do, do you like special music? And my reply was, if it's special. <laughs> But I remember some special music that wasn't special. So anyway, um, so I said, as long as it's special, you know, it's okay with me. So anyway, you have a good special music that day. And, uh, and then the guest evangelist gets up to preach. And it comes 12 noon, and that's when you're supposed to let out, you know, on Sunday mornings. And 12 noon comes, and he doesn't stop. And 12.30... One o'clock, you know, you're into the second quarter of the ball game by now. Um, Because look look, look at verse 12. It says, when the day began to wear away. Two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, he's still preaching. I want you to think about this. The guy is still preaching and he's gone all day. So the disciples, I think, formed a committee. That's what we do in churches. Formed a committee, and you're part of the committee now, okay? And so they started talking, what are we going to do? I mean, the guy just goes on and on. you can imagine Peter's, you know, saying something like this, I'm about to starve to death, guys. I mean, I'm about to die if we don't stop this service, you know. I'm not going to make it. And so you decide to say, you know what, Um, let's tell him that the people are hungry. Cause he cares about the people, and um, and so then you, let's say you get elected to be the spokesperson of the uh, committee. All right, so Jesus is up there preaching, and so you you walk up and you say, uh, Lord, um, sc- excuse me, sc- excuse me, just a excuse me, excuse me, just a minute, just a matter of uh, small business. Um, Lord, we were, uh, it's been good today, by the way, boy, it's been good. <laughs> And um, uh, we, we could just go all night. I'm telling you, it's good. Uh, but um, we, we're concerned about the people. And uh, it's getting late, and uh, um, uh, the Pizza Hut's about to close, Burger King's about to close. And we're outside of town. They're going to have to walk back. And, and we were thinking that you might want to uh, dismiss the service and uh, you know we can do. You can pick up again next week. We'll have you back next Sunday. Uh, but if we could just dismiss the service um, and let the people get back and have something to eat, then we're 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 concerned about the people. And now you here. Here's what Jesus said. Oh, you're concerned about the people. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You're not hungry. Oh no. No. We're fine. It's just the people we're concerned about. So then Jesus says, Look. Look at you. Maybe you've never seen this. Verse 13. He said to them. You give them something neat. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this. I want you to put yourself in this disciple's position. 20,000 people there. You're concerned about the people? Yeah, yes, sir, we are. Well, then give them something neat. Excuse me? I said, you said the people are hungry. Give them something neat. Okay. Now, here's the hard part. You have to go back and tell the committee. So you go back to the committee, and, and uh, they say, well, uh, did you tell them the people were hungry? Yes. Yes, I did. I told them that. Well, uh, is he going to dismiss the service? Nope. Well, what did he say? He said for us to give him something to eat. What? What did he say? He said for us to give them something to eat. What? I mean, look at all these. People, how, how are we going to give them something? That's crazy. And then there's this little boy that had slipped into the town, walking by with a long John Silver's box, you know, and see, so grab <laughs> it. Give it that, give me that, kid. Open the box. It's got two pieces of fish and five rolls in it. Kid got extra rolls, you know. So, so yeah, and you, you can imagine Peter probably even grabbed one of the rolls. Just stop it. This is all we have, you know. So, well, what are we going to do? And so then, then one of the people in the community comes up, oh, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll tell him this is all we have. And he'll dismiss the service. We'll say, you know, it's all we have. And so you say, oh, it's a great idea. So now remember, you're the spokesperson. You say, uh, oh, Lord, um, excuse me, excuse me, we just need this. excuse me, excuse me. It's just one. Uh, Lord, you know, um, uh, you, uh, when, you know, we talked uh, a moment, and you, you said, uh, you, know, um, for, you know, for us to, you know, um, get, uh, give us something to eat. And uh, so we, we've been working on that, and um, uh, we, we, uh, we have um, uh, five uh, rolls, and we have uh, t- two, two fish, and uh, uh, that, that's all we have. And so we, we thought, um, you know, since that's, you know, and it's a, you know, um, that you would. Um, You'd go ahead and, and uh, uh, dismiss uh, the service. And this is what the Lord says. Oh, that's good. Have them sit down in groups of 50. Uh, Lord, Lord, we don't have a, like, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, box uh, lunches. Uh, we, we, uh, we have one and, and um, yeah, that would be fine. Have them sit down in groups of 50. Now, again, put yourself in the place of a disciple. Can you imagine telling these people to sit down in groups of 50? Now, here's what I want you to think about. I, I don't know if you've ever worked with people. <laughs> but, but people don't do what you ask them to do without asking questions. Is that right? And so you're saying... Uh, could, 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 you, uh, could you please just, just sit down uh, in, in groups of 50? And then you got some big guy like this guy say, You going to give us something to eat? <laughs> Save me one of them rolls, <laughs> would you? Um, just, just please, just sit uh, in groups of 50. All right. Now, here's what I think happened next. I personally think that the disciples figured out how they thought he was going to provide. And by the way, it's not what he did. And we think it's what he did, but it's not what he did. And that's what's important here. I think they remembered the story in the Old Testament about Elisha feeding a hundred men with, with just 12 loaves. And I bet one of them said, you, you remember that? Man, we got a guy that's greater than Elisha. I mean, he's walked on the water. And I mean, this guy's incredible. I bet he's going to pray over it. And when he prays over it, it'll multiply. I bet that's what's going to happen. And I bet they got excited. And then again, I could just see Peter saying, hey, let, let me, do, well, wow. I bet that's what's going on. Let, let me, let me do it. Let me do it. Here, here. And I'll bet Peter grabbed a, a roll and said, here, here, Lord, pray over my roll first. Pray over mine. Here, here, pray over mine. Watch this. Watch. Just watch. <laughs> and then I want you to watch very carefully what happened. Look, verse 16 says, he blessed them and broke them and set them before the disciples to give to the people. Okay? So, you have to understand what happened. It did not multiply when Jesus prayed over it. That's what a lot of people miss in this story. Here's what happened. Peter said, here, here, pray over mine first. Pray over mine. Watch, watch, watch this. And here's what Jesus did. He took his role, Peter's role, and, and he said, Lord, bless it. He broke it and gave half of it back to Peter. Uh, are, are you through praying over it? <laughs> and the Lord said, yeah, yeah, go give that out. It's blessed. Just go give it out now. D- did you want to pray some more? <laughs> no, no, it's blessed. Go give it out. Now I just want you to think about this. I want you to I want to bring a camera over here because I want I want everyone to be able to see because I think this this is what happened personally. I think Peter went to the first guy. And I think he said something like this. Take just a little piece. <laughs> what what would you have said? Okay? So he said here, take a take a little piece. Just a little piece. Take a little piece. I said little piece. What is wrong with you, man? And he gets down to the end of the row. And all of a sudden, listen carefully, the bread grows. And he says, you can have some more. Take, take some more. See, this is what is so important. Please catch this. The miracle did not Happen in the master's hands. It happened in the disciples' hands. That's what's important for us to understand because I'm telling you that we have fish and we have loaves and if we'll get Jesus to bless it, it can multiply. It's the same thing. And somehow we think that it, 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 it was, it, it grew when he blessed it. It didn't grow when he blessed it. It had the potential to multiply, but it grew when they gave it away. So there are two principles here, very, very important for us to understand. All right, Here's number one. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. So many people have told me, Pastor Robert, I've heard your testimony, I've read the book, and and I've never had my finances multiplied like that. You want to know why? They're not blessed. And we've learned through this series, you have to give the first portion to Jesus So that he can bless it. Because if you don't give the first portion to God, it's not blessed. It's the first portion that is the redemptive portion. It's the first portion that can be blessed. That blesses the rest. And we learn in this series that the first portion goes to the church, the local church... Where you're being fed, it doesn't go to other ministries, it doesn't go to Bible colleges, it doesn't go to Christian schools. The reason that many people have never seen their finances multiply is because they've never given the first portion to God with no strings attached. They've designated it as if it was theirs, and they've given it wherever they wanted to give it. And Hebrews 7 told us that Jesus receives our tithes in the same way that they gave the fish and the loaves in the hands of Jesus, and Jesus himself blessed it, and then he gave it back to them. And by the way, think about this, what he gave back to them was smaller than what they gave in the first place. And he gives it back to them, and it's blessed now. There was a, uh, there's a family in our church just a few weeks ago when I said the first portion, first 10% goes to the church undesignated. You can't give it anywhere else. That's the tithe. And we saw scripture. You can go back and listen to the message. We saw scripture all through, all through the Bible about that. When I said that, they had been giving 10%, but they'd been giving some here and some to another ministry. And all of a sudden they realized we hadn't been tithing. And so as soon as the service was over, he turned to his wife and he said, we need to give our first, the first, first portion, the first tithe, the first tenth here. And she said, I agree. And they'd already written the check, so they tore the check up and wrote a new check. And they came to Guest Central the next week, and she said to me, the wife said to me, the husband couldn't even talk. He was just standing there crying. And so she said, what happened was, for months now, for months we have been waiting on a bonus that he was supposed to get. And they've been telling us, well, it's being held up for this, and you're going to get it, and it's coming next week, next week, next week. She said, we gave it on Sunday. On Monday, he got the bonus, and it was also more than what he was supposed to get. They had added to it. That's, that's just God. And that's the fun life. So it has to be blessed before it can multiply. Here's the second principle. There's only two here. It's real simple. It has to be given away before it can multiply. It has to be given away before it can multiply. Now I want you to think about this. Jesus blessed it. And then let's say Peter. Let's just take him as an example. He gives it back to Peter. It's blessed. Peter could have eaten it. And it never would have multiplied. But it was already blessed. In other words, many people never see their finances multiply because they tithe. But they never give over and above. And what they have, that 90% that they have left, is blessed, and it has the potential to multiply. But it never does, because they never give it away. They never give over and above. Remember the three levels we talked about. Tithes, offerings, and extravagant offerings. So let me share with you a little bit about how God began to take my wife and me through this. Uh, Years ago, uh, God spoke to us to get our finances in order. By the way, you can't be a giver unless you get your finances in order. And we'll help you. We have stewardship classes, counselors, ministers, own staff to be able to help you in that area. We'll help you if you'll just ask for help. So God said, get your finances in order. And I said, well, what do you mean? And so he told me three things that were specific to my finances. Now, these will help everyone, but he may tell you some different things as well. He told me three things. He said, number one, get out of debt. Well, uh, that took a while, by the way, but we started getting out of debt. One of the things that we did was we had a car that the car payment, now this, is, this is sad when I'm about to tell you, this is back in the mid-'80s, the car payment was bigger than our house payment. We had bought this expensive car, and we had no, no reason. We should not have done it, you know. And so we sold the car. He said, sell the car and buy a car for cash. So we sold the car, and we bought a car for $750, Paid cash. We bought a 1973 Ford station wagon with 130,000 miles on it. But we loved the car. I mean, we prayed over it. We anointed it with oil uh, about a quarter week. (laughs) And we drove that car, and we really were happy in that car. Do you know why we were happy? And some of you can relate to this, because we knew we were in the center of God's will financially for the first time in our lives. We knew that that was God's provision for us. Second thing he said to me was, don't manipulate. Stop manipulating. I was an evangelist, and I traveled, and I had this uh, mailing list, and I would sell tapes in the foyers. And I'm not saying anything that's wrong. For me, though, there was something in my heart that was wrong. I was looking at those things as provision instead of looking to God for provision. So God said to me, stop it. Just stop it all right now. And I remember, you know, I'd send a mailing list every month. And when I'd send that, there'd be a little envelope, and then people would send me back money, you know. And so I said, well, well um, Lord, you want me to stop the, the mailing list, right? He said, yes, I, said, well, I want you to stop it. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll send them one more and, and tell them, you know, that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start living by faith. And, uh, but they need to know, you know. And he said, so stop it now. And so we stopped the mailing list. And then the, um, uh, and by the way, when, when we stopped manipulating it was amazing what God did. I remember the very week we stopped it, we were going in that 73 Ford station wagon. I was going to a, a meeting to minister, and we stopped to get gas at a gas station. And when I walked in uh, to pay for it, the lady said it's taken care of. And I said, what, what do you mean it's taken care of? She said, "Because she said, well, I'm the owner of the gas station, and when you pulled in, God told me you were an evangelist and I was to fill your car up with gas. And I remember walking out and saying, Lord, I sure like doing it better your way than my way. And by the way, now in today's market, with the price of gas, that would be classified as an extravagant offering, by the way. <laughs> so then the third thing that the Lord told me was, give. I want you to begin to give extravagantly as I tell you to. And so one long after that that uh, you got to remember, I was an evangelist, and our entire salary came from from uh, love offerings. I would travel to this church and speak, and they would give us a love offering. Now, some churches gave us uh, like offerings. <laughs> uh, some gave us don't like offerings, don't come back. And so, uh, anyway, I had one meeting for the whole month. And the church was a church of about 60 people, and it was on a Sunday night. It wasn't even a week-long revival. It was one service on a Sunday night, and that was all I had for the whole month. And I went and preached, and after I preached... The pastor came up to me and he was so excited. He had such a giving heart and he'd asked the people to give and, and people gave just because God was speaking to them. There was no manipulation. And so the, he comes up to me afterwards. He says, Look at this. Look at this. He said, We've never given this much. And he showed me the amount of the check and it was uh, a whole, it was enough for the whole month. One check, enough for the whole month. And I, I said, that's, that's, that's just amazing, you know, and I was thinking, I, I praise the Lord, you provide it. And while he, the pastor was talking to me, I glanced over his shoulder and I saw a missionary that had shared his test, shared about the work in, in Mexico right before I had um, preached. And I heard this little voice said, give him the check. And I remember immediately what I said. I said, I rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> that's not God. Uh, that's not God. And um um, that's not the Lord. And uh, this voice just got louder and louder. Give him the check. Give him the check. Give him the check. Give him the check. And I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, you're not thinking clearly. <laughs> the, the, you provide. It's, it's a month's salary. It's, it's for me. I don't have any more meetings. I, you know, I just, I, and this voice. And all of you, you've heard this when you've given extravagantly. You've heard this. And you just have this wrestling inside. And finally I said, okay, okay, Lord, I'll do it. So I went over to him, I endorsed the back of the check, I folded it so he wouldn't see the amount, and I uh, handed him the check, and I said, don't look at this until you leave, but God told me to do it. And I said, don't tell anyone that I did it. And so we went out to eat that night um, uh, with some people and some uh, uh, just some folks, and there were like six uh, couples, and uh, the lady sat on one end of the table, and the guy sat on the other end of the table. And uh, all of a sudden, the four guys here, there were six guys, six ladies, the four guys here started talking. And the guy sitting across from me, I'd met him one time before, one time on a deer hunt in Colorado. And he leans across the table like this to me. And for some reason, I just kind of leaned in too, you know. And he said to me, how much was the love offering? Like that. And so I told him how much it was. And then he said to me, where's the check? Like that. And I know I shouldn't have, I didn't tell him the truth and I know I shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. I know that's wrong, but I didn't want anyone to know what we'd done. You understand God was dealing with me about manipulation. So I didn't want him to know. So I said, uh, Debbie has it. And he, he said, go get it. I want to see it. And so I said, okay. Okay. And so I got up, and I walked down to where Debbie was, and I kind of bent down to her, and I said, How's your pizza? Good? Okay. I said, There wasn't anything else to say. There was no check, you know. And so I went back, and these guys are still talking, and I said to him, And I know I shouldn't have, but I didn't want anyone to know. And I, I said, It's in the car. And he said, It's not in the car. So I said, Where is it? I mean, if you know so much, you know, (laughs) where And he said, you gave it away, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I I did. How did you know that? Let me tell you something. This is the first person I'd ever met uh, in had the motivational gift of giving. And he said to me, God told me before I came to the service tonight. And he reached in his pocket and he pulled out his check, uh, a check that he had written before he came he opened the check up, and he held it out like this, and it was exactly ten times the amount of the check I'd just given away. Exactly. And the check I'd given away was not in round numbers. It was an offering. It had dollars and cents, and this had dollars and cents on it. And he held it out like this, and he was holding the top part, and I reached out and I took the bottom part. And I remember, he wouldn't let it go. <laughs> And I now know what he was doing, and because and I, I, I looked right across the top of the check, and I was looking right in his eyes, he's holding the top, I'm holding the bottom, and he said to me, "God's about to teach you about giving so you can teach the body of Christ." And he let the check go. And, and I was just noticing something, and I've never done this before, and I don't want to embarrass him, but I just he's sitting in the service tonight, and he goes to our church now. I just want you to stand up. And if you can get a turn that camera right there. Joe, will you just stand up? This is Joe Faulkner that did that over 25, 25 years ago. And I'm telling the truth, Joe, aren't I? I'm telling the truth what God did that. And God started doing something in my heart. In the area of giving. And we started giving extravagantly. And we started literally paying people salaries that were out of work. And we started giving cars away. And every time we'd give a car, God would give us another car. And I mean, it was just absolutely amazing. And let me tell you something. We've been doing this over 20 years now. I have not stopped giving extravagantly. I still give extravagantly to this day. When God speaks, I give. Because I have a track record. He has a track record. I know we, we had someone call me up one time and said, Robert, we'd like to give a, a car to a couple of the church, but we want to do it anonymously. So, and we know you give away a lot of vehicles, and so can we give the car to your ministry, and then you give the car to them, and don't tell them who it's from. We just want, to, we just want it to be anonymous. And I said, well, sure. So they gave me the car. I had to go down and transfer the title into the ministry's name. As soon as I transferred the title into our name... Then the next day, I'm going to give the car to this this family in the church, and the engine went out. I owned it one day. And the one day that I had it, the engine went out. And so we put a brand new engine in it, paid for it, and then I took it over and gave it to him. And then I, I was a little miffed at the Lord. Because I said, Lord, you know, it could have gone out the day before or the day after. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, it went out the day I wanted it to go out. Because I blessed you, son. And the family that was given the car didn't have the money to put a a new engine in it. And the family that was getting it didn't have the money to put a new engine in it. But I blessed you and you had the money. And if you're going to gripe about it, I can stop blessing you. Because you're a conduit of my blessing. I said, thank you, Lord. I'll I'll be that conduit. And then he told me we had a, a van and he said, sell your van. Just like that. In my quiet time. Sell your van. And I said, Lord, you know, we like to give vehicles away. You know, I I, I don't want to sell it. I want to give it to someone. And he said, and I even said kind of pridefully, you know, I don't sell vehicles. I give them away. And the Lord said to me, no, you obey. That's what you do. You obey. So I said, okay, well, how much do you want me to sell the van for? He said $12,000. And the next day, this was Saturday morning, the next day in church, this guy walks up to me and says, hey, you want to sell your van? I said, uh, yeah, I did. He said, $12,000? <laughs> I said, yeah, that would be fine. He writes me a check right there. He pulls his checkbook out. He writes a check to our ministry that owned the van. $12,000. We give him the van. And on Monday, we go to Costa Rica to our mission trip. And I'm in Costa Rica, and the missionary picks me up in an old rickety Van, And you if you've ever been in another, another country on a mission trip, you know. I mean, we're going along and there's exhaust coming up through the floor, you know. And we're bouncing around like this. We're just kind of, you know. And I say to this missionary, why don't you get you a new van? And he said, I'm about to. He said, I was praying last week about it. And I was driving by this car dealership. And the Lord told me, stop. And I went over and there was a van. And he told me, I'm going to give you this van. I said to the guy, how much is it? This was back in the mid-80s. The guy said to him, I said, hey, anyone want to take a guess, by the way, how much it was? Yeah, he said 12000 I said, go get it. Here's the check. Listen to me. This is fun. Do you understand? I'm not talking about a life of drudgery. I'm talking about the most fun you can have as a Christian. Is when God speaks, you obey. It's, it's that simple. And then one day... We just, I can't, there's so many testimonies I can't even tell you. But then one day we're, I'm having my quiet time. And just like that, the Holy Spirit says to me, will you give me everything? And I knew immediately what he meant. Everything in our checking account, everything in our savings account, everything in our retirement account, everything in the ministry checking account, everything in the ministry savings account. We had two vehicles at the time, both cars and the house. I knew immediately what he was asking. And something rose up in me that I can't even describe to you. Such a joy. And I said, Lord, I would love to give you everything. That would be the greatest thing I could do is give you everything. Because you gave me everything. And so he directed. Debbie and I sat down and prayed. and He directed where the funds were to go, where the car, to whom the cars were to go to, and, to, uh, and the house. And we, we divvied it all up. And a few days later, I'm sitting there and I'm praying. And I was kind of thinking about what I'd given. And I was smiling. And I was proud of myself, really. And the Lord said to me, what are you smiling about? And I said, oh, nothing. (laughs) I didn't want him to know, you know. He said, come on, what are you smiling about? I said, oh, and I really said this. I really did. I said, well... I don't want to embarrass you," he said. "You don't want to embarrass me?" He said, "Try." I said, "Well, I said it's not a big deal, but I said you, you, you know that old saying, you can't outgive God." He said, "I've heard that." I said, "Well, I think I did." <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to get, to, I don't want you to feel bad or anything, you know, but I mean, you know, I. That much money, both cars, our house. I said, this time I think I got you. I remember so clearly, he said, you think you got me? And the phone rang. And I picked it up, said hello, and the man on the other end of the phone said, Robert, God told me to help you with your transportation. And my thought was, he's going to buy us a car. And this is what I thought, I thought. But I still got you. I mean, even if he buys a car, I think at that time we'd given away seven at that time. We give him, you know, we gave him all this. So even if he buys a car, I still got you. So I said, well, what did the Lord tell you to do? And the guy said, he told me to buy you an airplane. And he said, I'm going to pay for the hangar and I'm going to pay for the insurance and I'm going to pay for the fuel, and I've hired a pilot, and I'm going to pay his salary, and here's his name and number, and you just call him and tell him where you want to go and when you want to go. And the Lord said to me, gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. Now listen to me. Listen. Listen very important. This is not about airplanes. We gave it away. Okay? It's not about airplanes. We gave it away. I don't care about airplanes understand i'm telling you that god wanted to do a work in my heart and my heart was forever changed and then the next day i'm having my quiet time but i'm thinking this you're just amazing god and i'm reading in first kings three and i mentioned it to you earlier in the series it talks about solomon who gave a thousand bulls and that night god came to him and said ask anything you want and I remember the Lord said to me, I only say to extravagant givers to ask anything you want. He said, I'll never say it to a selfish person. And I'm just sitting there reading in the Bible and I'm just thinking to myself, well, Lord, that's so cool. That's so cool what you just showed me. I wouldn't even think about what we would just done about giving everything. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said to me, ask, just like that, ask anything you want, I'll give it to you. And I knew immediately what I wanted. And it came out of my mouth so quickly, I said, Lord, I want for Debbie and I to be passionately in love all the days of our lives. I don't want to lose my marriage. And the Lord said to me, you got it. Listen to me. The airplane's not the best part. A blessed life is the best part. A blessed marriage, a blessed family... God's blessing on my life. That's what I want for you. I want you to understand if you give the first portion of God, it's blessed. And then when you give over and above that, it will multiply. If you just do what God says, stop letting money have such a hold on you. And begin to obey God. And when God says give, give, and I promise you, I promise you on the authority of God's Word, you'll live the blessed life. You'll never regret it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.